1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to check out the show and watch the show. And, of course, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, you're seeing that. I have a way different background. Got my TV back there. Got the bar back there. Listen, doing the show on YouTube where I did it on my couch was always so uncomfortable. Like I would start profusely sweating on the show, just trying to do it there. So I'm gonna sit back, kick back, background's gonna look different. I'm just trying to be as comfortable as possible. So if you're like, and let me adjust the camera while I'm at it. So if you're watching, me, like, wow, different background, a lot going on. Well, it's it's a podcast. Like I gotta do on YouTube. They forced me to do it this way. Thank you, everyone who watches on YouTube. But again, as you've known, I hate doing it on YouTube as far as like the whole like production aspect of it, and I have like the absolute worst setup. Like my kitchen's over here, my living room's over here, and then my bedroom's back there. Like at least I have a one bedroom. I hate the setup. I need a desk. Well, this is the best way I'm going to be able to do it as things are moving around. So there's that. Okay, if you check out the podcast uh, wherever you find your favorite podcast, keep doing that. Rate, review, subscribe, of course, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Where every single Friday. I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Uh, today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. The Carolina Panthers picking up the pieces following a week one loss to the Cleveland Browns. And if that's surprising to anyone, it should be. The Cleveland Browns have not won a week one game since 2004, and they have not won a week one game on the road. Since 1993, when I was six months old, I know I got the first number wrong last night. I think I said 95. I meant to say 05, but really it's 04. So, 2004, first time they won a season opener in 1993. That's how long it's been since they've won a season opener on the road. 26-24, Cade York knocking home that 58-yard field goal to win the game. And I'm still just, like, baffled that he made that kick. Like, good for him, man, because that was... That was not expected, Uh, but Carolina Panthers' performance wasn't great, and I I understand there's a lot of people out there still bitching and moaning about the penalties at the end of the game, and rightfully so. The Carolina Panthers lost on Sunday because of two main things. The offense got off to a slow start, and the defense could not stop the run and get off the field. And, of course, you can add a third thing, those two penalties – First, the roughing the passer on Brian Burns with the nuance of replay shows that it looks like it was more Jedrick Wills, the left tackle, who made contact with Jacoby Brissett, than Brian Burns. Watching it live, to me, it looked like roughing the passer, but the replay, which the officials are not able to use, and it's not a reviewable penalty, I can see how they came to that conclusion. So to me, it's more tough luck than anything else. The second one, the fake snap spike or the fake spike or whatever it was, fake that spike, that's what it was. It was a fake spike. That clearly should have been an intentional grounding penalty. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns, was laughing about it on Monday when speaking to the media saying that, yeah, clearly we got away with one. Matt Rule was provided no clarity by the NFL on that. The refs got that one wrong. That being said, those two penalties were only another symptom to the main problem the Carolina Panthers had and that was The offense started off slowly and the defense was just not good Sunday afternoon against the Cleveland Browns. Those two things are why they lost more so than the questionable and poor officiating there at the end of the game against Cleveland. Now, Matt Rule, Panthers head coach, spoke to the media on the Monday afternoon, as he will do throughout the season following a game. And that's what our Tuesday podcast will primarily focus on, continuing to break down what happened on Sunday and also to react to what Matt Rule had to say. Because it's going to be oftentimes where Matt Rule is going to speak to the media on Monday or on Sunday, rather, and be like, oh, I can't answer that question because I haven't seen the tape. Well, he has seen the tape now. He spent 21 minutes talking to the media about what he saw. Now, let's start off with the uh, slow start from the offense. One of the things I brought up on Sunday and even to y'all on the podcast, whether it's on Twitter or on the podcast, I brought up that the Panthers offense looked like a unit whose quarterback was not there for OTAs and mandatory minicamp. It looked like a unit that's quarterback was stuck in the middle of a sham quarterback controversy and did not get as many of the first team snaps that he should have and that are required to see an offense operate at a high level week one in an offense that really only spent the last three weeks ahead of. Sunday's game against the Browns as a collective unit together, whether it was because of Baker not being the starter uh, or injuries and all the other things. So it was not surprising to me to see them get off to a slow start, especially after watching them in week three against the pre in the preseason game against Buffalo, like they looked good, but also it it felt clunky at times during that game. So I was not necessarily surprised at all that the offense got off to a slow start, but could have, have been prevented possibly Matt rule said, quote, we are talking about playing with a quarterback who has been here for 30 to 40 days. When he says that, I first think of that meme of the guy who's saying we're all trying to find out who's responsible for all this or whatever it actually is. Matt, you and the front office are responsible for this, for Baker having only been here for 30 to 40 days because you couldn't facilitate, facilitate a timely trade with Cleveland Back on day two of the draft. You couldn't do that. Money got in the way, whatever it was. The Browns never had any leverage. Either way, it took you until July 6th to facilitate the trade. And then Baker, when he got to Spartanburg on the campus of Wofford College, was not immediately named a starter. He had split reps with Sam Darnold. And it wasn't until the final week of the preseason on that Monday where he was finally named a starter and received all the one reps. So whose fault is it? that Baker wasn't prepared to lead this offense. And this offense didn't have the continuity to go out there and perform at a high level at the beginning of the season. He talked about how last season, despite them being downright awful on offense, they were really good in the opening script. Well, what helped that? Sam Darnold was comfortable in the opening script. He had been there throughout the entire of the offense. He was a number one quarterback throughout the entirety of training camp in the preseason. Continuity helps, Matt. And you didn't help the continuity by doing this whole quarterback competition with Baker and Sam. Now, another thing as far as the offense goes is the offensive philosophy. We saw that Christian McCaffrey only touched the ball ten times, at least design runs as far as it goes. He had ten rushes for 33 yards, and he only had four receptions for 24 yards. That ain't going to cut it this upcoming season or this season as a whole because Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league when he's healthy, so he should be getting the ball as much as possible why they felt like not getting the ball as much yesterday. Well, according to Matt Rules, because they had a change in philosophy. What's that change? Well, he said, quote, when you look at the National Football League, if you want to win at the highest level, you have to be able to throw the football. The teams that win down the stretch and win in the playoffs are the teams that can throw the football. So we've kind of gone to that mindset. That certainly is a change from what we've heard in the past. During the offseason, Matt Rule was talking about how they want to be more of a downhill rushing attack. Last year, he talked about how the Panthers were going to be a team that focused on running the ball because they did not have an elite passing game and that they wanted to get to this magic number of 56 rushing attempts and pass completions, and that's how they were going to win games. An archaic thought process, but one that Matt Rule felt was in the best interest of the team to win a year ago. And to Matt Rule's credit and also really more to his defense, last season, situationally, that's what they had to do. The quarterback, as we saw, Sam Darnold, was terrible. The offensive line, as we saw, was terrible in pass protection. What Matt Rule wanted to do, as he said, was he wanted to slow down the game by running the ball to help the only strength the team had, and that was the defense that was on the field seemingly the entire game all of last year. Now the offensive line is improved. You have Baker in there. You have seven wide receivers, really six of them whom they're going to use as actual wide receivers. He looks at it as an opportunity to where, hey, we can be like Kansas City, like Los Angeles, and like all the other teams in the league that went at a high level by being able to actually stretch the field, as we saw with Robbie Anderson, and actually be able to hit consistently in the pass game, something they could not do a year ago because of Sam Darnold and because of the offensive line. That being said, though, the messaging – Is a complete departure from everything that we've heard, which is why people were jumping all over him on Twitter. Now, Twitter fails to provide the necessary context. I did see someone who is a reporter for the Carolina Panthers and was covering the press conference just tweet it out and say that. And when people take that quote, then it runs wild. I'm here giving you the context of what he said and why he said it and what things were like a year ago. So I do appreciate that Matt Rule has now woken up and understood that, hey, if you guys actually want to be good and you'd be able to throw the football, the question, though, is do you have the quarterback, who you can do that with? I don't necessarily think they can with Baker Mayfield. What makes Baker successful is leaning on the run game and play action. That's what he did in Cleveland under Stefanski in the second part of that 2020 season that really made him jump off and lead that team to the playoffs and that playoff victory against, play, uh, against Pittsburgh. That's what they need to do here in Carolina. Get McCaffrey 25 touches, man. Don't put all the pressure on Baker to go out there and win the game with his arm. Because when you do that, he's liable to try and do too much and make mistakes. As we saw on Sunday when he just sailed Shy Smith on that throw. you got to find some balance. The best teams, yes, they can throw the football, but they also have the ability to run the ball when they want to. Later on in the season, you got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. you got to be able to throw the ball, of course. But also, when you have one of the best running backs in the league – And in my opinion, the best, you got to get that guy involved in the game plan and not just lean on Baker Mayfield at all. Okay, so a couple more things Matt Rule also said, but let's take a quick pause here on the show. And I'll get back to some of Matt Rule's day after press conference uh, enlightenment that he gave to the media on Monday. Here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Week one of the NFL season is over, and week one in your fantasy leagues also has wrapped up. But next week I want y'all to check out our friends over at Prize Picks. So, how does Prize Picks work? You pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. That includes the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball nhl pga college football college basketball the wnba nascar tennis boxing disc golf even cricket and so much more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and up north in Canada. So download the PricePix app today or go to PrizePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, a promo code LOCKEDON. Here's how it works. If you deposit $100, PricePix gives you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 when you download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day, and I think that you should make it a part of your daily routine as well. It's AG1 from Athletic Green. So what's in this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of those things it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten free it's also pretty cost effective it costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit athletic greens has over seven 5 five-star reviews it's recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts all across the globe to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five count them five travel packs with your first purchase All you have to do is visit AthleticGreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's AthleticGreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's get back to a few more things Matt Rule said when breaking down the Panthers' 26-24 loss to the Cleveland Browns. Let's go back now to that go-ahead field goal drive the Panthers have about 113 left in the game when they settled for a 34-yard field goal. From Eddie Pinheiro. And I say settled because when looking at it, I felt that the Carolina Panthers were in perfect position to score a touchdown and pretty much end the game. With 113 left, even with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, Cleveland still had an opportunity to only move the ball as we saw 35 yards, aided by the referees, mind you, but only 35 yards put themselves in position to attempt a field goal. Where apparently, according to Jay Feely, who was on the call on the game at CBS on Sunday, Cade York, who just nailed that 58 yarder, was making uh, kicks from 60 yards plus consistently during warmups. So Cleveland did not have to go very far. I felt like Carolina Panthers should have been more aggressive and try scoring a touchdown in that situation opposed to selling for a field goal. Now, Matt Rule did provide some context to what the Panthers were looking to do on that drive at the end there and why they ended up selling for a field goal. First off, in that first down, It was a fumble snap from Baker Mayfield. One of five fumble snaps on today. Four coming in the first half and one coming there in the second half. And one of them of the five being Pat Elfline's fault on a low snap, but the rest just being Baker not catching the ball. When reviewing the tape, Matt Rule saw that had Baker not fumbled the snap, the handoff to McCaffrey would have put Christian in a position where he would have been one-on-one with the safety. And given Christian McCaffrey's talent, that likely ends up into a touchdown and enforces Jacoby Brissett and the Browns' offense to drive down the field and score a touchdown in order to win the game opposed to having to kick a field goal. On second down, they decided to get something by running the football up the middle Christian McCaffrey. Didn't really get much at all. Then on third down, they decided to go with an RPO run pass option concept that ended up leading to a Christian McCaffrey run. The hope was that DJ Moore – would have been able to be open. And if that's the look they would have gotten, and they could hit DJ for the first down and quite possibly the touchdown, and that would have ended the game. Another part of the thought process throughout all of that when the Panthers were down on what would have been, I guess, 16 plus 18, because they were at the 16-yard line, was that they were going to depend on their defense, a defense that had not been able to stop the run all day and really get off the field, but they're going to depend on defense that the team has put a ton of resources in. And up until that point, Cleveland had only passed for 120 yards. So I understand the logic there, but still, if things work out differently, like not a fumbled snap or an RPO concept that opens up for a pass, maybe Carolina scores a touchdown. Just looking at second down, I'd rather keep that thing in the air and try and score instead of leaving it up to the defense, who had gotten a stop all day to then not give up a field goal to Cleveland again, aided by to questionable, really one questionable and unfortunate call and another just egregious miscall by the officials on Sunday afternoon. Uh, also, looking at the play of rookie tackle Ike gave up two sacks on Sunday. Matt Rule went back and looked at the tape and had more reasons to why those sacks occurred. One of them, Matt Rule attributed to a bad chip from the tight end. That tight end was Tommy Trimble. That then led to the sack. Now, when I looked at that, yes, I did see that Trimble did not give great effort, but also Icky immediately got block, got beat by Miles Garrett. If you're going to send help on that side, then yes, Tommy Trimble needs to do a better job. Looking at it, Icky still didn't do a great job. and That led to a sack. The second sack that he gave up, those came on back-to-back plays, was on a three-step drop where Baker Mayfield did not get rid of the ball on time. That goes back to sacks not always being an offensive line staff, but sometimes being... A quarterback stat. We certainly saw that a year ago from Sam Darnold. We saw from Teddy Bridgewater. The quarterback has to get rid of the football in time, especially on those three step drops. That did not happen. That being said, Icky still got beat immediately by Miles Garrett. I'm not trying to level criticism on Nikki Aquanu. I've told y'all we got to be patient with him. It's going to take time for him to play at the level that I think he's going to play at at one down the road at one point in one day. He's going to be, I think, a really good tackle. Right now, he's a rookie who went against probably the best guy he's going to see all year, and Miles Garrett. So it went about as expected. But it's nice to hear when looking at the tape that some of it, really, you can't attribute all of it to Icky. Trimble's got to do a better job. Baker, of course, got to get rid of the football and not put his tackle in a position where, hey, he's going up against the best, one of the best pass rushers in the league, and he gets beat like that. And we saw what happened. Now, of course, he's going to face guys like Nick Bosa in a couple weeks. Um, next week, I mean, I don't think the Giants really have anybody who to be scared of. But it's he's going to face a lot of good pass rushers in this league. And he's got to be better. But um, certainly the guys around him have to do a better job as well. A uh, few other notes uh, from the press conference from Matt Rule. Terrace Marshall and Richard Higgins, as we saw looking at the snap counts, did not play on Sunday. Rule attributed that to the offense only playing 53 snaps. Had they played more, Higgins would have been the first man up meaning that it sounds like Terrace Marshall was not going to play at all regardless. So we've seen that Terrace Marshall, who came into camp as the number three wide receiver, fell down the depth chart as Shai Smith, who rightfully earned the number three spot. He was one of the other uh, receivers who played that game along with Robbie Anderson, of course, DJ Moore, that Shai's won that job. And now Terrace has fallen all the way down to fifth on the depth chart. And I wonder when LaVisca Chenault plays, who he did not. He was inactive on Sunday. And Matt Rule said earlier in the week, he told LaVisca that, hey, you're not going to play. We're trying to get you ready for the Giants game that once he has a, a high-level understanding of the offense and what they want him to do, then he'll play. So the preparation has always been for week two on the road against New York at MetLife at Met Stadium. I'm just wondering, does that now mean that Chenault comes in and then Terrace Marshall's inactive? What might allow Terrace Marshall to still be active on Sunday is the fact that Andre Roberts, the ace return man for the Carolina Panthers, injured his knee. And Matt Rule up until this point this week is discouraged that he'll even play on Sunday, meaning that Shai Smith, well, it's Chenault, Chiba Hubbard will all be options. The return kicks, I think Shy probably is going to be the main option for Carolina. But if all seven of them are healthy, and really all six, which all six outside of Roberts are healthy, does Terrace Marshall even dress to the Carolina Panthers? We'll see. But Chenault will be a part of the game plan, it looks like, this upcoming week as head of New York to play uh, the Giants, who are 1-0 and after a big win on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. And speaking of the Giants and that win against the Tennessee Titans – they ran for 238 yards. The Panthers' defense, as we saw, really struggled. And that is something that to be concerned about. So I'll take it inside more of the defensive struggles and also some interesting numbers on how the, the Browns won the line of scrimmage against the Carolina Panthers here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Online.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Blame the officiating if you want, but the Carolina Panthers lost this game because they got off to a slow start on offense and defensively, they could not get off the field. Now, football can be as simple as winning the battle at the line of scrimmage. And looking at the game on Sunday, the Panthers lost defensively at the line of scrimmage, on offense they lost at the line of scrimmage. It really doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Now, ESPN.com has their pass rush win rate stats. And looking at some of the top 10 performers at the edge rusher position in week one across the National Football League, two of them were on the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett and Javon Clowney. Two guys who, going to last week, we were concerned about what kind of impact that they would have on the game. Now, hoping that Taylor Moten, on his side, would take care of business. Iki Iquano, on his side, would he take care of business? And as we saw, he gave up two sacks. One of them can be attributed to Tommy Trimble not chipping well enough. And, of course, the other one can be attributed to Baker Mayfield not getting rid of the ball well enough. Either way, did not do great against Miles Garrett throughout the entirety of that game on Sunday afternoon. Miles Garrett was fifth in the NFL during week one in pass rush win rate. This is after Sunday's performances, as I'm recording this on Monday before Monday Night Football, but he's fifth in the league, getting 36.4% of the times he won his pass rush battle. Clowney was tied eighth at 25% of the time winning his pass rushes. And then defensively as well in the defensive line, Jordan Elliott, their defensive tackle, was tied for third in the NFL in pass rush win rate among all defensive tackles with 25% of the time winning his pass rushing battles against the Panthers' interior offensive line. If that continues, the Panthers are going to have issues throughout the entirety of the season. The offensive line, on paper, should be much better, but as we saw week one running the ball and trying to protect the passer, they did not do a good job, as illustrated even further by ESPN's pass rush win rate performance stats. Now, defensively, that was really the issue. I mean, the offense, okay, they got to a slow start. I understand that. There are reasons why, and I blame the coaching staff more so for waiting to make Baker the starter, and even the front office for waiting to bring Baker in. That led to the offense starting as slow as they did. But once they got going, they were clicking, and hopefully that will be what we see moving forward to start off the game starting on Sunday against the New York Giants. Now, the Panthers' defense has to be much better. Matt Rule talked about on Monday that they missed 17 tackles, which resulted in 190 yards after contact. Jeremy Chin, who spoke to the media as well on Monday in the locker room, said they missed 18. So 17, 18, whatever it is, that is a number that is way too high. And I get it. They were trying to tackle Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league because he's able to break tackles and do what he did to the Panthers on Sunday afternoon. But he made it look easy. And the Panthers can't make the excuse like college teams make where, oh, we don't tackle – during the preseason. Well, the Panthers had preseason games. They had the joint practices with the Patriots. Like they have opportunities to go out there and actually tackle. And the first-team defense played enough to the point where that should not have been the issue that it was on Sunday afternoon. So, they got to get that tightened up. They also didn't help matters by having five defensive penalties that helped extend drives on Sunday afternoon. We saw from Chasey Horn. We saw it from C.J. Henderson. All the corners had issues and made mistakes. And Matt Rule said that, hey, we got to look at J.C. He's still young, didn't play much at all last year. He didn't play that much during the preseason, really practice at all because of the foot injury that he's trying to recover from from a year ago when he broke his foot in Houston on the road during that Thursday night football game. So it's going to take him some time. But the defense, they don't really have much time to get things figured out because it's only going to get more difficult this Sunday when they face the New York Giants who ran for over 200, who ran for 230 yards, 238 yards, rather, against Tennessee Titans. And Saquon Barkley, I don't know if you watched the game at all or looked at the highlights, he looked like the old Saquon. He was running through guys. He showed that speed, that athleticism. He was breaking tackles. The Panthers, if they give the same performance that they gave on Sunday, they're going to allow New York to run for 200 yards all over them once again. So they don't have time to wait. And Matt Rule talked about how they wanted to lean on that defense. Because the offense was going to take some time to come along, and it didn't surprise you that the offense took some time to come along. They were trying to lean on the defense, and they could not do that on Sunday. If anything, you put lost more on the defense than the offense. The offense they came and eventually brought the team back and put them in position to win that game. The defense just didn't get stops. And even with the roughing the passer penalty, that was unfortunate. The Panthers still can't give up defensively. Whether they give up in the pass game to Jacoby reset that put them in position to even be able to spike the ball, even with the failed spike attempt that should not that should have been called a um oh god my brain just messed up but that should have been called an intentional grounding like they should never even put cleveland that position i understand the call but still you can't give up those pass plays to jacoby Brissett and that browns receiver core that is not going to scare anyone in the nfl this upcoming season so they got to get better in this sunday 0 one, the vibes already within his fan base, especially on social media, aren't great. They gotta be they gotta win on Sunday. Cause 0-2, the Bluebirds came out on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium. It's only gonna get worse moving forward. Matt Rule cannot find a way to win that game against a first year head coach and Brian Dable and a quarterback who's fighting for his life and Daniel Jones and a team that on paper just is not expected to do much at all in the New York Giants. So that's something they gotta figure out here. On Sunday afternoon, but we'll continue to break up, uh, excuse me, but we'll continue to break all of that down uh, throughout the rest of the week here on the show. Going to have a guest on tomorrow, Josh Klein from The Right Report, going to join the show then on Thursday, crossover Thursday with Patricia Trana, the host of Locked On Giants, and on Friday, the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. So, again, guys, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on YouTube, check us out wherever you get your podcast. follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can DM me or at me on Twitter to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. But in the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy.